Hello, hello, hello. You're welcome to the Startup Lagos Podcast, a podcast dedicated to highlighting the bubbling scene of the growing startup community of the city of Lagos. And I'm your host, Olumide Olainka. And if you'd like to subscribe to the show, join us on SoundCloud, iTunes, RSS, at startuplagos.co. Hello everyone, my name is Kola, Kola in our Ventures platform. We're a seed stage fund and an accelerator. And uh, we basically are a startup that supports startups. And I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Cool. Can we get a round of applause for them, please, guys? I feel like the energy in here is. Thank you. So we're going to have Kola start. He has a quick presentation. He's just going to give us some background on Ventures platform and what they do and how they invest in companies. Um, and then after that, we'll take it from there. Yeah, so actually, I'm not talking about Ventures Platform. Um, I'm going to talk very briefly about a few ideas I have about getting funded. I'm not sure where to stand, because I feel like when I, if I stand here, I'm... Can you guys see the slides? So um, I, I think this is a very important topic, and I, I just thought I'll share a few tips on, on how to get funded and stay funded. Because typically in the life of a startup, even after your first funding round, you tend to uh, grow and require further funding. And so, you know, it is important to, to learn, you know, how to, to stay funded as well. But, you know, hopefully uh, you benefit a bit from this. So I think that getting funded as a company is fundamentally about focusing on the basics. It, it, really, it really isn't about a lot of what most people think. It's quite basic in my opinion. I think that once you lay the foundation with the basics, then you can, you know, you can now start talking about the more complicated things like terms and, and how to identify the right investors. But I think even if you, if, if you put uh, those secondary things first without the right foundation, um, you're, you're gonna have a hard time, you know, uh, uh, crossing the funding hurdle. I'm sure uh, the founders of uh, Piggy Bank and, and Cankbay would agree with me. So as, as I go ahead, if you, see, if you disagree, raise your hand. And if you agree, nod your head. <laughs> All right, so, so there's eight things I'm going to share with you. The first thing is I believe that it's one of the fundamental things that you have to do is start with why. Um, as, you talk to, as we talk to founders, you find that a lot of founders don't really have a personal connection or uh, a very authentic reason why they are building the company they are building. Now, the challenge with that is building a company is hard, right? Who can attest to that? And raising money is even harder, right? So if, if you don't have a very clear why, I see someone in front here that is sort of doing that right now. If you don't have a very clear why, um, you're going you're gonna to gas out before you even get there. You know, there's a host of other reasons, but because I have to move very fast, I'll just leave it at that. Start with why. And, and why has to, has to do with your personal purpose, and I'm not here to talk about purpose and all of that, but it's really about having a personal connection and a personal conviction to whatever uh, business you are, startup you're going to work on. Uh, you know, and I, I have here a few examples of a few people that I think have a very clear conviction as to the companies that they're building. 
you can, you can research some more. The second thing is really to start, right? Um, I think it's wrong to try to raise money and then, and then raise money before you start. So a lot of people say, oh, we want to start this business, but we need to raise money first. The, the right way is actually to build the first version of whatever you're trying to do. And then, you know, and we call that an MVP. Everyone knows what an MVP is? Hi. Yeah? Who doesn't know what an MVP is? Don't be sure. Okay. An MVP is a minimum viable product. So it's the first version that meets the basic minimums, right? Um, so that's, that's my second piece of advice. You know, just start. Don't, you, don't, you, you don't need money to build that first version most of half the time. Um, the first version of the Google, you guys know the Google Glass? The Google Glass device? The first version, if you go on the internet and Google it, it was built with cardboard sticks and rubber bands. And this was even after Google was already Google, right? So the engineers were hacking it out, and that was really the first version they built before they put a budget around you know, building the product. The third thing uh, that I wanted to share is it's really critical that even as you actively fundraise, you remain focused on customers, not investors. And I know that sounds super counterintuitive, but at the end of the day, investors are going to swarm around you if you've built a product that customers love. And, you know, um, Femi will tell us here, what, what's the YC motto? Build something people want. There you go. It's about customers. It's not about investors. As a matter of fact, I mean, I think seeing investors as validation is wrong. You know, so you have companies that have raised a lot of money but then can't really uh, crack it, right? So you want to focus on customers, not investors. The fourth point, and there's, there's a bunch of notes there that I hope you're seeing. The fourth point is establish a moral compass. Now, this is particularly important if you intend to continue to be able to raise funding down the road. So what, while you might raise your first seed round, if you, if you haven't established a moral compass, you know, and everyone here probably knows, everyone knows what I mean by moral compass, what's right and what's wrong, ensuring you don't, you don't establish a culture of adjusting the zeros a little bit. Because typically when you raise equity financing, most investors are not necessarily breathing down your neck trying to figure out everything you're doing every minute, right? So you have a lot of latitude, right? And so it's very easy to fall into the trap of adjusting your numbers a bit to keep everyone at bay. The challenge with that is before, any, before you raise any significant uh, round of funding, there's a bit of diligence that happens. And you know, the fundraising community is so small that you know, if you're found to be, uh, I don't know the right word, is it wanting or lacking? Or <laughs> you're basically exed, right? You know, so, so you want to ensure you establish a moral compass. And, and you don't establish this moral compass when you're already on the road. You have to do that day one. The fifth thing I wanted to share was stay gritty. Do we know, does anyone here know the Airbnb story? Airbnb. You guys, you guys should go read that, right? Uh, at some point, the founders of Airbnb sold, uh, I think they called them the Obama O's, cereal, to fund their company. And, and it's actually a part of their uh, uh, YC acceptance story. I think it was the last thing they, I think they were working out on, or something, and someone mentioned it, 
and Paul called them back in the room. We, we, you guys know who Paul Graham is, right? Uh, founder of YC. Called them back in the room that, look, if these guys have, had exhibited all this grit, then we need to invest in them. And, you know, it sort of ties with what I said earlier about starting with why. I mean, starting with why is fundamental to building grit. And building a business, raising funds is hard, right? So you've got to be greedy. Uh, the sixth point is traction. Like, super duper important. Super duper important that over time, and this is one of the best examples of showing traction that, 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 that I've seen. Uh, this is uh, Paystack's announcement of a billion transactions. I think this was in June of this year. Like, this graphic is super telling, right? Like, p growth over time. You know, and, and, and I mean, investors want to see traction, progress. So if, you, if you've pitched an investor in January and, and you have a chance meeting again in June, for instance, and you're still fundraising, the first question I, I'm going to ask is, how much progress have you made in that time? And it doesn't have to be, you know, large numbers. Progress is progress, right? Uh, and the seventh point is don't forget the basics. So... You're a startup, yes, but it's important to still remember that you need to account, you need to keep your books. Record keeping is super critical. And I think if you establish this habit day one, you know, then you've just built a, you just build a culture around that. The eighth point is have your BIAG. And this, is, uh, this comes from a book called Built to Last uh, that I recommend everyone reads. Uh, a BIAG is a big, hairy, audacious goal. So typically... Uh, when investors invest, they're, they're really investing not in the company today, but in what the company can potentially become. Now, when I talk to founders, when I talk to founders, I'm, I'm interested in knowing what what is that vision that you see beyond today. So you're you know you start, you start now with uh, Uber for Suya, for instance. But are we going to scale to uh, Uber for everything in 10 years? Or you're starting out in in Lekki, do you have an appetite for Africa? You know, um, so if you talk to the founders of Google, they'll tell you from day one they, they wanted to organize the world's data, right? If you talk to E.O. Flutterway, for instance, he'll tell you he's building the infrastructure for payments in Africa. And I think these days you'll probably say the world as well, <laughs> right? So that's like super impressive. I mean, that's the stuff people want to key into. So you've got to figure out a way to extrapolate what you're building today into something that's bigger than you and everyone else. And to be honest, no one's really going to invest time in asking you, so how do you intend to do that, right? They're going to they're gonna ask questions about now and some of your roadmap, but it's okay to you know, aspire and, and, and have a, what I call a, a biag. So in a nutshell, I mean, those are eight things that I want you to look at. Our ventures platform, though, we look at four key things. So we sort of group all of that to get into four things. So the first thing is we invest in companies that have built an MVP. Okay? Like I, so so we're, not, we're not very good at investing in ideas. I mean, it's great to do that, but we're not, we're not very good at doing that. So we want to see a first version, uh, a WhatsApp version of your app, uh, an Excel spreadsheet that works, or some offline customers. Uh, the second thing is we'd like to see some early traction. Uh, and, and it you know, doesn't have to be significant, but early traction is proof that someone is willing to pay for 
whatever, or, or use at minimum, right? Because it could be free users, but they're willing to use whatever it is that you've built. The fourth thing we look for is a scalable business model. And we're particularly interested in companies and products that can scale uh, pan-African. So, uh, you know, you're in Lagos today, does, is, is this scalable to Ghana? Is this scalable to the rest of Africa? And the fourth thing we look for is a balanced founding team. Um, and so um, we're not super excited about teams that have to outsource their tech, for instance. And, and there are very well-researched reasons around that, trust me. Um, and so it's important that you have a healthy balance of the technical skills, the operational skills, and the sales skills. So essentially, those are the four things we look for, aside some of the other things I mentioned. Now, I also thought it, was, it would be helpful to share my personal, like, back-of-the-envelope cheat sheet. Like, when, you know, when I meet a founder, like, the first five things I think about. So the first thing I ask myself as an investor is, will I work for this person? Hello? I feel like I'm losing you guys. I hope it's helpful so far. So the first thing I ask myself is, will I work for this person? Like, seriously. Like, if this person, if, if I was looking for a job, would I, would I work for this person? And if I can answer yes to that question, and working for that person has to do with the idea they're building, the company they're building, and sort of the vibe the person makes. Can I spend time with this person? Do I, do, do you understand? So essentially, if the person comes off as a jerk, clearly I can't work for them, right? So I, I probably would pass on the investment. The second thing I, I, I ask myself personally is, is this product or service 10 times better than the existing alternatives? Like, don't just build a, start a startup just because, because it's cool. Because a lot of people are starting startups because it's cool. Right, so, so the idea has to be, in my mind, 10 times better than the existing alternatives. The third thing I ask myself is, is this the best team to make this happen? And am I willing to introduce this team to everyone in my network? Now, I have made, personally, I've made some mistakes on this one. Because you think, you know, you, think you know a team and then you discover new things. But it's very important because as an investor, Beyond money, you need to be able to make introductions, right? And if you feel hesitation, if you feel like you can't refer someone or a team, you know, then, then you're kind of handicapped. Does that make sense? So I guess one way to use this is think back to, okay, so what are the things I need to do as a founder to make sure, you know, and, and, and I think that this questions most investors will ask themselves the same. I mean, I've, I've talked to a few people that don't care about the the morals or ethics of the founders and would invest in any kind of founder, uh, but those are kind of rare. The fourth thing I ask myself is, can this team or founder survive, not forever, but for some time without money? And that, that, that sort of harkens back to the other point about having a very balanced team. Because, you know, if, you, if, if you're building a very technical product, for instance, but you have amongst the founding team, you have, you have an engineer on the team, you have the operations person, you can survive and continue to build and, and support the product, right? Even, even without money, right? Or in the short term, at least. But if you have to pay some developer outside to support or build your product, I mean, it means without money, you're dead, right? 
you know, so I'm interested in knowing, can this team survive without money? Do they have the skills to continue to push this startup forward if they, if they have a funding gap? And secondly, I'm not interested in people that are, in, that are building companies for money alone. I mean, this, just, this one is not important, actually. This is just personal, right? Because I think, like, there's so much, there's, Africa has an urgency problem, and there's so many problems that we need to solve. You know, I think you can make money by doing good as well. So this one is a personal criteria. So please, you can delete it if you want. The fourth thing I, the, the last thing is, can I trust and depend on these founders? You know, can, can, I, can, I, can I step out on a limb for them? Can I trust them? And this you build over time. But, you know, typically when you meet someone, there are a few, you know, quick vibes you can get or check to, to try to validate this. So, sorry for talking for so long. Thank you for your time. I hope this has been helpful. And let's get the conversation going. Thank you so much, Kola, for that. That was very insightful. Um, please write down your questions, and we'll take them at the end of the session. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned to our next episode. Subscribe to us at Startup Lagos on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Visit us at www.startuplagos.co.